This message comes from NPR sponsor HubSpot. With HubSpot Sales Hub, your data, tools, and teams are fully linked on a highly customizable platform so you can find, track, and close deals all in one place. Try it for yourself at HubSpot.com sales. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Jack Spear. Behind in the polls, Nikki Haley is campaigning across New Hampshire today, a day before the state's Republican presidential primary. As Anthony Brooks of member station WBUR reports following Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' decision yesterday to drop out, the race is now between Haley and former President Donald Trump. Haley finally has the race she's wanted, a one-on-one contest with Trump. On the final day of campaigning before the primary, she's been running hard with multiple events across the state, delivering sharper attacks against the former president. At a packed VFW hall in Franklin, Haley accused Trump of lying about her record and failing to offer a vision for the future. When you hear Trump speak, what's he talking about? Grievances? The past? He's talking about vendettas? Trump, ahead in the polls, is campaigning in the state as well, ahead of tomorrow's primary. For NPR News, I'm Anthony Brooks in Franklin, New Hampshire. The White House says it is hoping to make progress towards an agreement that would free additional hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. NPR's Windsor Johnston reports senior members of the Biden administration are holding talks in Egypt in an attempt to broker a temporary pause in fighting. The negotiations are part of a renewed push by the Biden administration to secure a hostage deal. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says he's hopeful the talks will lead to a new deal between Israel and Hamas. You can't enact safe passage for hostages out of the danger zone if people are shooting at each other. So clearly we still support pauses in the fighting to get hostages out. We don't support a general ceasefire. U.S., Qatari, and Egyptian officials are pushing for another pause in fighting to release an estimated 130 people being held by Hamas. A temporary ceasefire in November resulted in the release of more than 100 hostages. Windsor Johnston, NPR News, Washington. Pilots for Southwest Airlines have voted to approve a new contract. The vote brings to an end more than three years of negotiations with the Dallas-based airline. Member station KERA, Tuwali Asabamawa reports. More than 92 percent of pilots who participated in the vote approved the new contract. It includes a more than 29 percent pay raise upon contract approval with smaller yearly raises for the next four years. It also makes improvements to pilot schedules, parental leave, disability coverage, and retirement benefits. Southwest is still dealing with the aftermath of an operational meltdown in 2022 that some pilots cited as a point of contention in negotiations. Last month, the carrier was slapped with a $140 million fine over customer service failures due to that meltdown when it canceled and delayed thousands of flights. For NPR News, I'm Toluani Osibamowo in Dallas. New highs on Wall Street today. The Dow rose 138 points. The Nasdaq was up 49 points. Today. You're listening to NPR. A judge looking into whether Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis had a relationship with a special prosecutor hired in the Georgia election case against Donald Trump has ordered records in a divorce case to be made public. The judge saying the records must be unsealed in the case involving Nathan Wade, who Trump's lawyers have maintained is in an inappropriate relationship with Willis. Judge has yet to decide whether Willis will have to sit for questioning in the case. Willis has defended her hiring of Wade, but has not commented on the affair allegations. A federal utility is among the defendants in a lawsuit alleging gross negligence leading up to an Oregon wildfire. As Brian Bull of member station KLCC reports, the Holiday Farm Fire destroyed hundreds of homes and attorneys are seeking 
$232 million in damages. Lawyers argue that Bonneville Power Administration, a federally-run utility based in Portland, showed willful, wanton, and reckless disregard on Labor Day 2020. Two other utilities, Eugene Water and Electric Board, and Lane Electric Co-op are also named in the suit. Attorney Alex Robertson alleges that Oregon officials urged the utilities to control transmissions due to the fire risk. The wind speed, the relative humidity, the drought conditions, and the utilities chose to ignore those requests, which is very unfortunate because all of these fires could have been prevented. The suit represents nearly 20 dozen claimants. So far, only Eugene Water and Electric Board has responded, declining comment. For NPR News, I'm Brian Bull in Eugene. Crude futures prices moved higher today. Oil up a dollar and seventy-eight cents a barrel, and the session at seventy-five nineteen a barrel in New York. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News in Washington.